0: This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Handy, a cleaning service that provides an easy and convenient way to book home cleaning on a schedule that works for you. To get your first three-hour cleaning for only $29, when you sign up for a cleaning plan, visit handy.com slash no meat and use code no meat at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by Hydrant. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. For 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com and use promo code no meat at checkout hi this is hope this is kareem hi this is katie from washington dc and you're listening to no meat Athlete. radio all right so <laughs> i was about to say something about matt but people might be a little confused we are here with matt tolman or i am here with matt tolman MT, as I like to refer to you, because it gets a little confusing with so many mats on the Nomad Athlete team. If you listened to the episode a couple weeks ago, we had Matt Frazier and I had you on, and we talked about kids and parenting, and which was awesome. And, uh, you know, it was just such a fun time that we thought we'd, I'd have you back. So welcome back, MT.
1: Happy to be here. Now, uh, I don't know, are There are there many guests who have been on? But this might be my third or fourth time, so I feel like I'm a, yeah. a regular host at this rate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, I think we might have you. Yeah, it's a good uh, segue. I've been we've been talking about having more voices on the podcast um, with some regular frequency and introducing new people to the team. So, um no, you are definitely in an elite group of people to come back for a third time. I think there's Robert Cheek and Pamela and Sid. Maybe Ray Cronice has been on three or four times, but uh, that's about it. So,
1: well, I so hope well you know we're we're gonna see like a riot on Twitter with people saying like, "No, don't replace, you know, don't swap the mats. We don't like this new one." So, <laughs> we should be clear that there's none of that going on. Right. Uh, but I know there's a lot of really diehard fans out there. I was just speaking to one last night, actually. Uh, hi Izzy. Um, and she's like, listened to every one of, uh, the episodes, but, um, I think she puts in a lot of time on the trails, on the road, on a bike, you know? So, uh, she, yeah. she's definitely a fan of yours, Doug. And, and of course, Matt's great. Well, hi Izzy. That's, uh, it's, it's been, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been, it's
0: been so cool to, uh, we, we put out that call to you for You know, anyone to reach out if they listen to every episode, and uh, way more people than I thought have actually done it, which is both like inspiring and overwhelming. Um, you know, to think (laughs) about the amount of hours I've talked into your ear, it it puts a lot of pressure on us, (laughs) but but I hope we keep it entertaining. And uh, I'm I'm, next week we're going to introduce Julia, um, so I won't talk too much about her yet, but um there are are some female voices that we're hoping will become semi-regular on the podcast too. So not just Doug and Matt's.
1: Well, I, I will say that change is good. And as we, uh, as we grow into this next phase of, of no meat athlete, you know, it's always incredible to reminisce on like what you and Matt have built over the last 10 years. Um, what was it? Seven people have gotten the original running carrot tattooed on their body. I mean, yeah. when you talk about like brand loyalty and like fanaticism, I'm I'm fairly certain indelible ink on your body is is pretty much the like you know the, <laughs> the highest form of compliment. You know, like <laughs> yeah.
0: well, you know, I'm sure it also yeah, it's it represents the running carrot represents something very special to a lot of people. So yeah, it's cool. It's cool. So today we're going to be talking about uh, kind of a big thing that happened to you, uh, I don't know, six months ago? How long ago?
1: I think about six months exactly. Yeah, yeah. six and a half, I guess.
0: That uh, was pretty life-changing, I would say, in, in many ways, and um, and certainly, you know, a surprise for everybody. Uh, but, but before that, I have a quick story about I was, um, I found myself in line in, at a grocery store at midnight last night with about 20 other people with carts full of canned goods and um, and dried goods. I, uh, at midnight. So at midnight. You, <laughs> you really
1: got freaked out, huh?
0: I did. My, my, you know, the,
1: with... Have you not been paying attention to the news in the last well, three weeks? No, like, I have
0: <laughs> been. I have been. No, absolutely. I have been. You know, we've been... I don't know. There's something about last night. It was like back to back to back to back with like Trump's speech and then the NBA canceling their season and all these, you know, travel bans and, and Katie and I looked at each other and we're like, oh no, (laughs) it just got real. She's like, can you go to the grocery store tonight? (laughs) She was like, I think we, I think we need to stock up a little bit. So sure enough, I was there and and it it was, it was funny. Like I, you know, the exact same thing happened to a bunch of other people because there were a lot of us who were doing the exact same thing, you know, just had this very clear by what we were buying, that it was for preparations and and even the checkout lady was like i have no idea what's going like what triggered things tonight and i was like i think it you know i think it was the speech probably and just, i don't know the news just kind of turned yesterday it seemed
1: but you know i i, I did the amazon thing and uh you know a couple couple weeks ago actually because uh, i went on and looked at for masks you know my wife is uh like 37 weeks pregnant so i am a little bit more terrified of this than i would otherwise be because we're about to have a newborn and so of course i went on amazon and i looked for masks and they had already sold out right like the yeah. only ones you could find were from like a unverified third-party reseller for like four hundred dollars per mask i mean it's just like ridiculous um and so i was like okay well you know i'm i don't want to be the last guy to realize that we need some dried goods <laughs> so i went right. on and And they make it so easy for you because if you go on to like bulk quinoa, you know, like right under it, it says like people also viewed like lima (laughs) beans and and garbanzo beans. And like, so I just like click yes, click yes, click yes. You know, just like all of a sudden, next thing you know, I had like hundreds of dollars of of dried food on our uh, doorstep. And yeah, my wife wasn't really pleased with that. Um, But uh, I feel, You know, but the other thing is that, like, I don't really feel good about it. Like, we tapped into the quinoa last night because, like, we didn't have any other quinoa. So (laughs) I'm fairly certain with the, I mean, as with all other vegans, you know, you have to consume a a large volume of food just to get to the calories that you need to survive, you know? Like, uh, so when I do the math on my my, uh, toddler, my wife, and myself, like, it's not going to last us that long. So I don't really know... You know what we're all planning because like you know how much canned food could you and katie and liza yeah, possibly totally. survive right. on right, right. You know, like right. two weeks max you know oh yeah anyway. not even
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean I, I think i i estimated that the cart had about eight to ten days worth of food in it yeah. um which i mean is not that much you know i, I i'm not trying to be alarmist here and i, I don't consider myself someone who like, starts prepping for a lot of things. And my biggest fear is, like, that just that, like, the grocery store, like, you know, somebody, one of the workers will get sick, and so they'll shut down the grocery store. We only have one grocery store in town. Of course, there's other Oof. ones 10 or 15 minutes away. You know, I mean, so, sort of like, it's not the end of the world. But, you know, one shuts down, then another one shuts down. Like, that's, what, that's what's a little frightening to me. Um, and, but hopefully, you know, hopefully it's just a matter of, like, shutting down for a day or two, doing a deep clean, whatever, opening yeah. back up. I don't know. It's also it's also unknown, and the it's like uh, I don't know. Every you know, of well, course, I, all I think, anybody is talking about this, so I, I, we shouldn't spend the whole episode talking about it. But I feel like I could because that's it's just so wild.
1: Yeah. It is wild, isn't it? I don't remember like, but the thing is, uh, the saddest part. So first of all, I'm terrified because I don't actually think we're testing people. I think the CDC, like I heard last night, that the CDC had like tested eight people yesterday or something and like it's just like the numbers are are not anywhere near where they need to be to even know the scope of the spread and uh and so as a result like i wouldn't be surprised if there are a lot of sick people around us that think they just have a cold or the flu and like they're actually you know they're infected but like it's not that big a deal you know my wife was trying to calm me down um by explaining that uh the the common cold is like 124 strains of different viruses and five of them are actually coronaviruses like we just have they've been circulating the globe forever and they're just considered Mm -hmm. part of you know the cluster of symptoms we call the common cold you know and then and like some others are considered like flus right and so it's just like this one is going to be lumped into this other, you know, kind of batch of viruses that just get traded between people. So, it's it's interesting though, like it, are we all just freaking out because the media has like played this up into like extremes um when in fact like it's just another layer on top of the flu and we should all wash our hands and cough into our elbows and like, you know, take precautions around elderly and other people dealing with chronic diseases. Like I, I I have no idea how to read this situation, you know, it's just so weird right. to me. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean, I, you
0: know, I don't think that I'm a healthy young man. I don't think I'm going to, I'm going to die from this. I don't think that even my family is at too big of risk, but, you know, but of course, like since there is no vaccine for this particular strand of coronavirus, um, you know, it is, it is putting a lot of people at risk that, you know, that wouldn't have been at risk otherwise since it. But anyway, we're not experts. You should listen to your experts and follow what they say. Um, You know, we're just, I don't want to be another talking head on the news talking about this. (laughs) Um, Anyway, all right, let's talk about tragedy. No. (laughs) Something lighter. Something a little lighter. Um, All right, I guess, why don't I set the picture and then you kind of take over the story. How does that sound? Okay. Um, about a year ago, or maybe maybe not that, nine months ago, you you, you shared the, some news that uh, you were training for a 100-mile bike race, uh, and this was like your first big endurance ride. And I know you put a lot of effort into that training and for, you know tried to jam-pack a big training in a couple of weeks. So I'll let you talk about that. But um, it, I think we just go ahead and jump to the ending here, which... <laughs> which didn't quite go as planned. I knew you were out riding that day, uh, on the race day, and I was expecting some sort of update from you when it was over and I got an update, but it was a picture of you in the hospital with blood
1: all over yourself. What happened? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it was not only my, uh, first sort of endurance, uh, event. Um, it was also like my first bike race ever, uh, It was probably the first time I had been on a bike in quite a long time. Um, That is to say, you know, when I started training, so I really procrastinated pretty much up until the very last moment where, you know, I was like four to six weeks out from race day and decided I was just going to put in as many hours on the bike as possible and see how far I could go. And. And then probably quit, honestly. Like, I really did not expect to be able to ride 100 miles. And I just kept pushing it and pushing it and, and got to a point where actually within that, that four-week period um, was uh, my longest ride was 84 miles. So I went into it feeling really good. Well, which is pretty impressive to go from zero to 84 in four weeks. Yeah. I mean, look, I, 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 I run, you know, so uh, totally different muscle groups and, and, you know, totally different strain on your body. But like, I'm a fit guy, you know, I I enjoy Mm -hmm. exercise and chasing my son around. So like, it's, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the craziest leap but yeah definitely like there were some days where I couldn't walk (laughs) because like my body just did not know what I was doing and by the end of it I could only get like one or two rides in per week um because like you know my body was just so not used to the kind of strain I was putting on those muscles and uh and so I had to give it like four days to to rest so I could go out and like try to push it you know, from 60 to 70, and then 70 to 80. And anyway, it was only supposed to be an 80-mile ride, by the way. That was going to be my longest, but I got lost, and it ended up being 84. (laughs) Um, So so that was, uh, yeah, and it remains the longest I've ever gone because, as you noted, um, about 67 miles into the ride, Uh, literally the only downhill of the entire ride oh really Um, (laughs) yeah yeah we're not in Colorado. i am currently in colorado and you know enjoy mountains but like this race started in wisconsin and we were in iowa at the moment so like we're talking super flat terrain right so like (laughs) literally one ascent one descent and you know it's just Bad luck, a little bit of rain, some gravel on the road, too close to the curb. Like, I really wish that I knew what happened. Um, but long story short, I, I looked back uh, towards my uncle, and next thing you know, my face was going into the ground. And uh, somehow, you know, I was going fast enough that my arms didn't get up to protect uh, my face. So, of course, my helmet shattered. Uh, I broke my nose, I broke uh, the bone around my eye, which is called an orbital blowout. Um, I broke off a a chip of my bone uh, (laughs) and uh, implanted my sunglasses into my cheek. Um, So it was a, a pretty bloody mess. If you've ever broken your nose, you know, like it just, I mean, absolutely gushes blood um so you know i remember i never lost consciousness um so i popped up like immediately and i just knew something like i knew i was not okay um and i could feel the amount of of blood coming from my face and uh yeah, so long story short, sat on the side of the road while uh, waiting for an ambulance. Um, they wanted to actually use a helicopter, which, you know, scared me at the time and scares me even more today. So I'm really glad uh, we didn't. But long car ride, lots of IVs, lots of... They wanted the helicopter uh, you? They did, yeah, because we were about 45 minutes from the nearest uh, hospital and they had oh, wow. no idea you know, what kind of potential brain injuries, um, wow. or for that matter, like, you know, I had this pla- plastic part of my glasses jammed into my cheek. So, you know, uh, I guess protocol in those situations is not to, you know, pull anything out, right, because you don't want to unblock an artery or something before you get to the hospital. So, yeah, they were looking at, Uh, you know kind of uh, a question mark and they thought that we need to get to the hospital that much faster but anyway so yeah my my pregnant wife then too uh was was there and got there with our toddler and you know uh, she's incredibly strong I can't imagine what that looked like me sitting on the side of the road at that point a, a medic had gotten there first before the ambulance and kind of Wrapped my entire head and half my face and bandages to try to stop the bleeding, but you know I had blood all over me all over the ground. It was just a mess. So I can't imagine Can't imagine what she was feeling at that moment
0: <laughs> What uh, all right, so did you go like Superman style over top of your handlebars? Uh, to, the side, you down, to the side actually. Okay, so you like, kind of yeah. laid down laid yep. down the bike. Yeah. Oh, man Yeah, I just uh was... Yeah what did the other riders do? I'm sorry, we'll go into the into the important part of this conversation
1: in a minute. Yeah, so, so, well, out that. so this was a charity ride raising money for uh, um, diabetes, and uh, so as a result, uh, quite a few of the riders were of the health profession, um, mm. and I was fortunate that pretty quickly um, uh, a a nurse, um, you know, arrived and like took off my jersey and tied it around my head because, you know, there's some very open areas uh, to try to stop the bleeding. And, and, you know, like I said, a medic got there pretty quick because we weren't too far from a a rest area. Um, So, yeah, most of the riders just kept riding by and probably thinking that they were thankful that it wasn't them.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Jeez, what a scene. Um, Okay, so so this happens. You end up in the hospital. Um, you obviously don't have the ride that you wanted, but at this point, I'm sure you're not really thinking about that. <laughs> um, you know, it's much more about, I'm just glad I survived this or what's the future going to look like. How, how long was it before you, you knew you were in the clear medically as far as like long-term damage and, and, and I'm not talking about scars and stuff, but like brain damage and being able to move properly and that kind of thing
1: yeah um i mean it was weeks to be honest you know i uh my first concern obviously was um demonstrating to adriana my wife that i was okay because i wanted to try to take away some of her anxiety uh so i was really talkative making jokes you know part of that was also trying to to um uh demonstrate to the doctors that like I was okay because I really didn't want to stay in hospitals like I I know too much about hospitals like between infection rate and everything else and like I just did not want to be there so I figured if I can demonstrate that I have my mental faculties intact and it's just you know I I messed up my face um, they'll let me go back to the hotel and you know deal with this on my own and just be a long road to recovery I really thought it was superficial. Cause like I said, I, I didn't lose consciousness. I, I knew I really messed up my face, but like, you know, I, I thought everything was okay. Uh, at then at some point they, you know, kind of stopped the bleeding and, uh, said, we need to go, you know, get a CT scan, um, to make sure there's no bleeding on the brain or, or other, you know, kind of very serious injuries that obviously we can't see. And I remember being wheeled out of the operating room and, uh, Adriana holding our son is standing there. And like, it, it, right then was, I mean, I'll just never forget, you know, looking at her. Cause I, I just can picture it clear as day and the feeling I had that like, Oh shit, this is really serious. Like I, I might die, you know, like there, mm-hmm. there might be some sort of hemorrhaging happening or what have you. Um, and I'm, so incredibly blessed that there wasn't. Um, but, uh, obviously, you know, there, there were, uh, you know, layers upon layers of things that like we had to watch for and weeks of follow-up appointments with different, you know, everything from neuropsychiatrists or psychologists, whatever it is, you know, to, to monitor, you know, brain and the like to, you know, a lot of stuff with my eyes, uh, It's pretty fascinating you know we we don't appreciate how complex our body is until you get into a situation like that but um you know your eye bone you know the 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 room the, the the space which your eye inhabits um is actually designed to give way like the floor drops out in order to reduce pressure on your eye so if you have an impact on your face like i did The idea is, you know, it's designed to like let let that pressure off by blowing out the bone, which is why it's called an orbital blowout, um, so that your eye doesn't pop, (laughs) to put it inelegantly. Uh, So mine was fairly minor, Um, like it broke, but it didn't give way. And so the biggest concern, uh, you know, in addition to like what what do we not know about brain damage potentially um which again you know i i I always thought i was good and and it got checked out but like you know in the back of my mind like i just didn't know um but the main concern then was like is my eyeball going to sink down um and not only visually look strange um but also like mess with my vision and and create all sorts of sort of downstream consequences and Mm -hmm. so i'd have to go in surgically into my eye and put in a metal plate to support it and so there's just a bunch of that kind of stuff that like for weeks um there was just no way of knowing how it was all going to heal and uh it's definitely definitely very, very scary. Um, but I'm, I'm, like I said, incredibly blessed that at this point, um, it appears that, uh, there, there is no long-term lasting damage except for, uh, the scars and the memories.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just, uh, you know, these types of things, thankfully nothing like that has happened to me. Um, very thankfully, but, you know, you hear about stories like this and, you know, immediately you want to think about and talk about the the physical challenges, right? The, you know, I mean, for weeks there we would take phone calls and you'd be kind of stuck in bed because you couldn't, you know, you couldn't really move very well or, or it was painful to put on a shirt or whatever because your face was, you know all messed up. So like all these things like, but so like from the outside, you want to think about those physical things, but I know that, you know, there, there's also a big mental toll to this, not just in really relation to bike riding, but you know, with your family and with, with everything else. So I want to get into that stuff. Um, I think probably now is a good time to, uh, pause and thank our sponsors, but, uh, that's, that's definitely the part that I think is the most interesting from the story.
1: Well, one of our sponsors actually, would be very helpful in that situation when you're bedridden. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Good segue. I w- nice. I wish, I wish I had known about Handy at the time. <laughs> um. <laughs> there you go. All right. So this episode of Nomad Athlete Radio
0: is brought to you by Handy, a cleaning service that provides an easy and convenient way to book home cleaning on a schedule that works for you. Matt, hands down not a lie. If I were to choose one additional service that would help lower my stress and my family's stress on a regular basis, it would be house cleaning with a kid and our jobs and everything else. Cleaning is just like always one of those things we totally dread every weekend or, or every evening. And uh, like you said, it'd be great if you're, if you're stuck in bed for a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. And what I love about this, it's one of those businesses that you hear about and you're like. Gosh, why didn't I think of that? Because it's exactly how we operate today with Uber and everything else, right? Mm -hmm. You can book a home cleaning in 60 seconds. You know, it's just an app or on the website. You know, you can make it fit your schedule. And like I say, it's got everything you would expect in terms of being able to read profiles and reviews and, and, you know, find the one uh you know service person who works for you uh and fits your needs you know and and obviously if you like them you can set up a, a regular schedule with a few clicks on your phone and it just seems like it's it's the way this should be right like kind of like Absolutely. uber you know we just didn't know about it and uh and i can't believe i didn't know about it up until a few weeks ago um you know they've logged three million cleanings and as they like to say all backed by the handy happiness guarantee that's right. Got to get that handy happiness guarantee. <laughs> <laughs>
0: get your first three-hour cleaning for only $29, which we do. We have hired cleaners many, many times in the past, and $29 is a really great for a three-hour cleaning. I mean, I can't.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
0: That's crazy good. So get your first three-hour cleaning for only $29 when you sign up for a cleaning plan by going to handy.com slash no meat and enter code no meat during checkout. Terms and conditions apply, of course. That's your first three-hour cleaning For only $29 when you sign up for a cleaning plan at handy.com slash no meat and use code no meat handy, the most reliable name in house cleaning. This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is also brought to you by Hydrant. Matt, did you know that 75% of us are walking around chronically dehydrated every
1: day? I do know that, at least for me, because I spend a lot of time in the sauna and I'm always dehydrated as a result. (laughs) Well, you should check out Hydrant. Hydrant comes with
0: flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water that make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes that your body needs. Let's see, that's sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc to help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And my wife uh, has been really digging the hydrant flavors uh, in the morning because some of them have caffeine and she's kind of using that instead of coffee as a way to get a boost of caffeine and extra hydration.
1: That's awesome. I didn't realize Hydrant was uh, uh, more than just flavoring, but uh, I see here it's formulated by Oxford scientists to provide the perfectly balanced, efficient hydration and apparently great flavor. So I'm going to give you some.
0: And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com and enter pr- promo code No Meat at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter pro- promo code No Meat for 25% off your first order. DrinkHydrogen.com and use code NoBeat. Okay, so we talked a little bit about the physical things that happened. I feel like anytime, I don't know, I've, I, I've been I've been really lucky to not have a ton of tragedy in my life. Like a, a ton of like really big life changing things happen to me, um, but when they do, I just envision you know what it like the kind of reawakening it it gives you, what, what did it feel like to like over the next few days as you were processing that crash and processing what that meant for the rest of your life, thinking about your, your kid, your kid on the way, your wife, like what, what was that experience like for
1: you? Yeah. Well, uh, there's a lot of regret and a lot of self-loathing, obviously. Uh, you know, just thinking to myself, all the things I could have done differently, you know, just, it's a split second thing. It's a random bad luck, whatever you want to call it. So it's obviously kind of silly to wallow and, you know, regret, but you know, you have to, I mean, as a human, you think about that stuff, you know, how many rides I took, how, how, it's as easy as riding a bike, right? Like, you know, how how did I mess that up? How did I let that happen? So there was a lot of that going on. And as I just said, a tremendous amount of concern. You know, I, I remember saying to my wife over and over, like, I just want to get the all clear from the doctors that I won't have to go back into a hospital and have another surgery. Like, once I do that, I will just have this weight off my shoulders and I can just focus on you know sleeping through the night without feeling pain and uh you know trying to get these scars to heal as best i can but like i just want that all clear so there was a lot of worry um, but i would say at some point i don't know when maybe when i got that all clear or maybe just when enough time had had gone by that i could you know think clearly about it Uh, But I I really did start to appreciate life more. Um, I mean, it just, it forced me to really think about how much we take for granted. And, you know, like I said, uh, my eyesight was, you know, potentially going to be compromised. Obviously, I came close to, you know, I, I mean, brain damage, death, right? Like, So thinking through things like, you know, how incredibly amazing it is to that we made this this little son of ours and I get to play with him and, and I get to see his face as it changes, you know, which is nearly on a monthly basis, going from a baby to a toddler, like and and how much I would miss not being able to see that, you know, and and so it's everything from the super like weighty conclusions that I came to like that to the very basic stuff you know i wasn't able to wash my face for like two months because it was raw like there was no skin between my upper lip and my uh uh forehead I, i mean there was some around the edges but like i i lost a lot of skin on both sides of my nose which i have no idea how that is like physically possible but like it's an indication that i like scraped my face and my nose a lot, you know, uh, and so I couldn't wash my face and like, you know, I was putting all these like oily salves and stuff on it that like, all I wanted to do was wash my face, like really scrub it and like make it feel clean. And I couldn't do that for months. And so now to this day, six months in, like when I'm in the shower and I let the water beat on my face, like I actively think about like how amazing it is to just be able to do that, just to be able to, you know, enjoy this life that we have. So I'd say, you know, as I just wrote this blog post for No Meat Athlete telling a little bit more of the story and the conclusion I, I came to as I was writing that was even though it was arguably the most traumatic experience that I've experienced maybe in my entire life aside from losing some loved ones, you know, I don't know that I would go back and change it, you know, uh, even knowing what I know now, even if I couldn't change anything, would I do it again in order to get the perspective and appreciation for life that I now have? Like, honestly, I might, <laughs> it would be a really tough decision. Don't get me wrong. I've got sure. some scars on my face that I'd prefer not to have, but, um, <laughs> like my, like I say, my outlook you know my appreciation for the smallest things and the big things is like just radically different today has that actually changed your behaviors at all yeah, yeah absolutely i mean for better or worse and and uh, we can talk about that offline <laughs> <laughs> i am uh, i'm much more focused like i um I've experienced a lot of ups and downs in my career but I'm I'm very fortunate to be in a in the position I am to to be playing with all these startups and and I think going into the race and you know last year like you know I I was enjoying uh, the positions that we're in um you know but afterwards I realized like wow life is so short you know like we we really got to do something here and and so, you know, I, I really do think I, I work harder. You know, I, I say I love you more to my parents. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I try to reach out to old friends a little bit more. Like, I, I make sure to send gifts for, like, you know, their kids' birthdays. Like, I, I just, I do the things that I, I think I always knew I should, but I never really justified for whatever reason. Um, but now I know that, like, there really is no time you know, life is that short. And so if you're going to do it, you know, do it now. And, uh, you know, I've noticed that is the biggest change you know, in how I approach every day.
0: How do you think you, you hang on to that? Cause I can see, you know, you're six months out. I can, it was you know, such a big experience. I can see how about motivation It would be really high right now, but a year from now, two years from now, 10 years from now, when you're further separated from it, um, it's easy to kind of let that feeling of urgency and living in the moment go. Uh, how, yeah. do, how do you think you hang on to that over time?
1: Well, I think uh, pursuing a lot of life-threatening uh, ordeals is really <laughs> the best way to uh, <laughs> no, almost I'm die kidding. all the time. Yeah. I mean, I said that to Matt Frazier literally. Um, you know, the day after this race, I I uh, was texting with him, and I was like. I think I'm going to look into a marathon running seems a lot safer, uh, now than, you know, (laughs) um, so I don't, I don't have a good answer for you, Doug. You know, I think I have a mantra, you know, that, that is a way I start my morning every day. And I can tell you it changed pretty radically after, uh, after this event, you know, my goals changed. Uh, like I said, my, my whole approach to, living changed. Um, so I think you just got to build in those reminders as much as possible, but I wish I had a better answer. I I don't know how you cultivate and and nurture that, that, you know, kind of verb for life, you know?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't either. I wish I did know.
0: Um, I I certainly know from, you know, decisions I've made, things I've put off and also things that I've, I've moved forward with, that, you know, that there's never a right time to like do anything big that's going to make you happy. Like you have to just when you're you just have to do it. Right. And, and I think that that kind of applies here as well. Like there's never. You know, it's so easy to get bogged down in, in life and work and, you know, the monotony of, of your every day that you kind of forget about living in the moment and, and sharing that love with other people and doing things that make you happy. And, um, you know, and maybe it takes a tragedy to, or a big traumatic experience to kind of re-motivate you to do that. But, but I don't think so. I mean, I think that if you can, if you can somehow get in the mindset of just like every day is precious, not to delay happiness or whatever that thing is, you know, like, I think that that's, that's something we can, we can all do. We just have to be mindful and be consciously thinking about it because otherwise you will just kind of forget about it and you will get sucked into the, to the day to day.
1: Yeah. I think, I think the mindfulness is probably the best word out of that, you know, in my experience. And I I like to think of myself as, as a a meditator, but the reality is, is that my practice uh, goes in and out. You know, I, I always start the morning with something of a meditative state, like I said, you know, reading a mantra, you know, kind of have my own gratitude practice, but I'm, I'm definitely not like our dear friend, Matt Jager, who is able to sit, you know, and, <laughs> and engage in that for a long period of time every day. Um, but in my experience, when I have had consistent, you know, opportunities, to meditate and really made that part of my lifestyle um before the crash even you know i i found myself just it it totally changes your brain waves i mean i I know that we've proven that like you know clinically it it does change your brain wave but for me just you know my experience with it it's like it's totally true you know on on those days like i said when When I'm really in that state and and trying to nurture that mindfulness, you do find yourself, you know, looking out into your backyard and just appreciating the trees, you know, like, you know, thinking about Mm -hmm. how fortunate we are and, you know, everything just like tastes better and looks better and feels better when, when you are in that sort of mindful state. Yeah. It's rather present maybe- present state, right?
0: I mean just like right, yeah. being being in the moment, whether that's playing with your kid or eating blueberries or, you know, going for a run, like or even working. You know, if you if you're really present in that state then then you're gonna notice so much more and appreciate it so much more. Um, and, and and actually, you know, get to enjoy it
1: and experience it instead of always be thinking about the next thing. Yeah, totally. I think, you know, I, I have such appreciation for some of the people that I've met who, uh, you know, they've taught me things like, you know, if you sit and eat, no distractions, right? And, like, think about every taste and texture of every bite. And it it is so hard to do in this modern life of ours. I, that that should be the next podcast. You know, we'll, we'll get some smart people on here to talk about uh you know, like, how do you balance trying to be a good parent, you know, be a good spouse, you know, be a a good employee or a good boss or a good partner, uh, you know, and at the same time, like, make the space to sit and, you know, think about every bite and every texture uh, of all the food that you enjoy in a given day, you know, I, I can speak for myself, as you know, Doug, like, you know, I, I, I barely have time to eat, let alone, you know, when I do eat, like I'm probably on the phone with you <laughs> or I'm feeding yeah. my son. Right. Like, uh-huh. so how do you juggle those priorities? Cause you're right. It, it is so important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was, Katie and I went to this, uh, retreat center, um, nearby that, that uh, it's the, Oh gosh, I'm blanking on the name of it. Oh no. I want to give it a shout out, but I can't remember the name. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> we went to this retreat center that, that, uh, has a lot of yoga and meditation and Ayurvedic food and all this stuff. It's uh it's an awesome place. I would really recommend it. But, um, they have a bunch of programs going on. We, we weren't a part of a specific program, but they have a bunch of programs going on at all times. And one of them is a silent retreat. And, um, you know, there were people there who were doing the silent retreat and it was, um, you know, part of me was like, oh, man, I'm so glad I'm not doing that. And then the other part of me was like, because cause there was like a special section of, of the like dining area that was just for people doing the silent retreat. So you wouldn't sit next to them and try to talk to them and that kind of thing.
1: And uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad they separated out because I could get really awkward when you're like, yeah. <laughs> What's it what's it, this guy you want to talk to me like yeah, totally um and uh and you know, so I'd kind of like
0: you'd see the people over there and and it, there was something just really attractive of that idea, just kind of being very present. it was a beautiful space, a beautiful place, um delicious food, like being very present with your food and and your meal and kind of every single bite and and grateful for that and and i you know i of twenty four forty eight 72 hour silent retreat is uh is would be very challenging i think for me but um I, you know that kind of that's it's a it's a constant reminder of like being present what we're talking about being grateful I've,
1: yeah i have absolutely no interest in that i, I don't know why <laughs> um i'm like totally into almost everything of that nature uh but i don't know actually i was going to suggest so we're currently doing the intermittent fasting challenge, uh, right, with yeah. the No Meat Athlete Academy. And, uh, yeah, I'm actually, I don't even know. I've been fasting pretty consistently as a part of this and I don't even think I tracked my time. I think it was anyway, I'm, I'm like a solid 16 hours in currently and feeling That's good. Great. Um, but yeah, maybe we should do like a meditation challenge. See if you can string together like 30 days you know 10 minutes in the morning kind of thing and uh and we'll all do it together as part of uh as part of the normie athlete academy's next next challenge well
0: what we have led by matt Jagger, who you referred to earlier but oh, sure uh, and that's actually how i how i built a meditation practice i continue today it was because of that challenge so i think we should definitely bring that back i think it's a great idea um and uh and actually the 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 appreciating the blueberry comment that I made earlier was came from someone's comment in the IF challenge Facebook group. They were saying they were just breaking a 24 hour fast and they're like today, those blueberries taste better than they've ever tasted before. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. thought I thought that was great. Deprivation does that
1: in my mm-hmm. defense, by the way, I was just thinking, to myself, how did I not remember Jager's challenge? And, uh, I'm pretty sure that was right after the bike crash. You know, it so probably was. That was in like the end of the third, start of the fourth quarter last year. So, yeah, that's right. anyway, yeah.
0: Um, uh, the Art of Living Retreat Center is where we went. The nice. Banana, <laughs> yeah. nice. Got the um, all right. All right. Well, I think uh, any anything else to kind of close this out on, or should we? Just I'd love I'd
1: love to hear any listeners' uh, advice on on how to cultivate and nurture that uh, that mindfulness and appreciation for life without having to attempt, you know, um, death defying, uh, activities on a regular basis. So let That's us true. know, you know, comments, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Yeah. Doug at record Runner and, or, or at no mean athlete on, on Twitter is kind of the best ways to re- reach us or, um, you can always email us too. So, it's great. We'd love to hear from you, Matt. Thank you so much for being on today and sharing your story. I know um, I know, it's, uh could be a little hard to relive sometimes. And, I, you know, I, I, as you were going through all the details, I was like, you know, we probably should have given a little heads up at the beginning that it was going to be gruesome. So thanks for everybody for sticking through it, um, the gruesome wait, part. Wait,
1: wait till we show the pictures of that blog <laughs> yeah, post. Then, then it's really gruesome. <laughs> yeah. It's not that bad. Uh, no. Adrian always says, like, don't show pictures. And I'm like... It, it, like it's a bloody face and not you know it's not gory i don't know <laughs> maybe it's different because it's my face but right. thanks for having me doug all right thanks everybody and we will uh we'll talk to you later